Another edition of Locked on Rockets Film Room, where we're going to be focusing on Josh Christopher's growth and trust from the coaching staff this season. Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green are back to being staggered. What are we seeing out of them on the court? Why are they back to not being staggered? And what did we learn while they weren't staggered? And then lastly, we break down two of the most commonly run plays for your Houston Rockets. Coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six. Five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and also host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin. The show, of course, at Locked on Rockets. As always, we sincerely thank you for making Locked on Rockets your first listen each and every day. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Joining us now is the Athletics Ali Bajani for another edition of Locked on Rockets Film Room. Ali my guy, how are you doing? Sub Jackson, how is, how's everybody doing today? I mean, everybody being all of me here. I mean, we're not we're not addressed. This isn't green room, man. There's we're not multiple, live with an audience. There's multiple bobbleheads in the background. I don't know if you've seen Toy Story. You know, maybe some of the audience is too young to have seen Toy Story. These things come to life. You know what? If if my if my Yao Ming and my Christian Wood bobbleheads come to life when I'm not looking, um, I just hope that I just hope that the Christian Wood one is working on his free throws. That's all I'm gonna say. So with seventy percent the last six games. Stat via my guy, Bruce Williams. But yeah. 70% the last six games. I still want that number to be up there, okay? He has no business shooting. I want him shooting 80%. That's what he should be shooting from the free throw line. But we're not here to talk about Christian Wood in today's episode. We got a handful of topics that we want to tackle for you guys. First, we're going to talk a little bit about Josh Christopher, his growth, and the trust that we're seeing from the Rockets coaching staff in him. Then we're going to get into a bit of discussion surrounding Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green. They're back to having their minutes staggered. What does that mean? What are we seeing out of them on the floor? And then lastly, we have an exciting new breakthrough in technology here at Locked on Rockets. We're going to do some telestration for you. So if you're watching this show via YouTube, we're going to have some telestration to go along as we break down two of the Rockets' most commonly run plays this season in segment three. We're still going to be very uh, deliberate in the way that we describe it for our traditional podcast audience. But if you're watching along on YouTube, you'll have that added uh, visual component as well to help you along with this Locked on Rockets film room episode. So with that, Ali Khan, we, I mean, Josh Christopher is the guy we want to talk about here first because his growth and how the coaching staff has viewed him, I, I mean, I think it completely stands out when you go back to just last week with what Steven Silas said post game after the Rockets impressive win on the road um, against the San Antonio Spurs talking about, you know, the, the defense and Josh Christopher's presence and all that. Do you want me to go ahead and run that clip back for you? Yeah, this is, this is his response. Um, I think when I asked him about um, his play that night, cause he had a good game that night. Uh, I think that's the same response right from last week. 
Yeah, so let, let's hear what Steven Silas had to say about Josh Christopher from right after that uh, impressive Rockets road, road win against the San Antonio Spurs. Steven, wants to ask you about Josh. He's been getting a lot more playing time uh, since early December. He seems like every time you watch him play, he gets better and better. What, what have you seen from him and his growth these last few weeks? And what does he mean to you? How would you best describe him, the way he's playing right now and how he's, uh, how he's growing? Yeah, he's, he's playing solid, and that's what we need him to do, just be solid, like defensively down the stretch of a game. He did a good job, and um, he's always on the attack on offense. He makes a mistake here and there, but the good things that he does uh, overshadows his mistakes. And honestly, I didn't expect him to be in the rotation at this point. I didn't, but he earned it, and he's fought for it. And um when you have solid, dependable guys, you can uh, you can play them, and he's become one of those guys who's solid and dependable at 20 years old, which is which is great. But like I said, I, I didn't expect him to be in the rotation at this point, and he is taking it. Shout out to our, our good friend uh, of the podcast, Kelly Eco, and the back of his head that made its way a, a brief cameo into that video <laughs> with Steven Silas. I remember being there in San Antonio and. There, one of the Rockets PR reps was like, hey, Kelly, you got to get out of the way, man. You're in the Zoom video. But uh, a great question from you, Ali Khan, talking, you know, asking Steven Silas what, you know, has stood out about Josh Christopher. I love that response from Steven because you really do see how this coaching staff is starting to trust him and really believe in him at such a young age. He has been, I think, maybe not, I, I can't say like the brightest spot for this Rocket season, but easily like the most pleasant surprise so far this rocket season because i wasn't initially very high on him of the rockets for draft picks and he has absolutely come in and made a name for himself you know uh, jackson you and i talked about this um, when we did our post draft show he's very raw and um, i was eager to see where his skills best fit on this rockets team i'm gonna share an answer that steven salas gave me about a month ago um i had a chance to ask him about josh christopher then and it's i want to compare that with you and for our audience to listen kind of the answer that Steven Salas gave today and what he gave last time. Last time I asked him is when Josh was playing due to injuries and COVID, he took advantage of the opportunities, but you know, DJ Augustine was still there. You know, everybody who thought of the Rockets backcourt, if Kevin Porter Jr. wasn't there, DJ Augustine was up there as the guy who was in handle basketball. But now is Josh Christopher taking over that role in the rotation. So just, uh, just let's let, I'm going to share the, uh, share his response and we'll talk about it. He said, we don't want to put him in a box. We want him to be able to explore his game. Um, a great comparison for him or someone he can look towards is Eric Gordon, uh, someone who can handle the ball and get us organized offensively, someone who can defend his guy and put a lot of pressure on the ball and then drive to the hoop strong and finish. That's what we've worked on with him, being similar and different at the same time. He can drive the ball hard. He's not the shooter that Eric is yet, but he's working on that. Being a defender, that will come with time and reps and experience. We won't put any limits on him. And when we see things creep up, we will foster those and lean into it. You know, that last line is very interesting to me. It says a few things to me. Number one, the Rockets are going to continue and Kevin Porter Jr. and give him every and every single opportunity they can to see if he can be their point guard in the future. That's not to say Josh Christopher won't be a guard or a point guard or wait. We don't know yet but they're letting him grow into whatever he's best at and finding the skills he's best at that translate at NBA level. And so, so far, those things that stand out to me based off kind of what Steven has said 
the comparison to Aaron Gordon, kind of just different things are his ability to play in 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 space in transition. So when when Josh Christopher was first drafted, we all saw the the marvelous stats he had in college of him in transition. It hasn't translated that well into the NBA level in terms of his points for possession in transition or synergy stats. But from the eye test, you see that it's there. He's always pushing. He's attacking the, the rail, something that Jalen Green also does too. When you attack the rails and what you're doing is you're expanding the defense. You're forcing the first or second guy back who's in the middle of the paint to defend the drive. There, It creates a lot of mismatches for the defense. And Josh Christopher is leaning into that. Once he has the mismatch, he's looking, where's my big? Does he have a mismatch? Let me pass him the ball. Those simple reads. He'll be the first one to tell you he's he's a far ways off from where he wants to be. He wants to be able to grow into a passer who can not only make that simple bounce pass to a roll man, but make that pass cross court to the opposite corner. He's mentioned that to us um, post game a few times as well. So there, there are things that Josh Christopher is doing, but it's just he's doing the simple things at, at, a, at a very good level for a rookie. He's making mistakes, but you see him learning. And I think my favorite part about Josh Christopher is he's learning how to use his size and his wingspan defensively. He takes so many gambles, but ultimately, I think that's okay. Why? Because he's still learning technique. The Rockets are taking their time as defensive coaches to teach them how to close out, how to be able to front an uh, offensive player in the post, how to be able to help on the nail, doing those small fundamental things they're learning. But what I love about Josh Christopher is he has these innate, just great raw, raw tools with his wingspan, with his ability to kind of get around screens, navigate, switch. He's strong. He's actually very strong in his upper body. Those things will allow you to kind of allow, will allow him to mold himself into whatever um, is the best version of himself defensively. So I'm really excited about him. I think he has a bright future ahead of him. Um, and I think that's just amplified by kind of what Stephen Salas um, shared in that video saying, you know, he, he didn't think he was going to be in the rotation, but he's proven himself to be a very important part of the team. His Josh Christopher's work ethic too is, I think, uh, just a skill of his that sometimes players don't have that level of work ethic, right? You're constantly seeing Josh Christopher getting in extra shots, extra reps after games, before practices, all this stuff, and he is a tireless worker, putting in the time, the effort to get to that point to grow. You know, we we heard about how he reached out to Stephen Silas after the Minnesota Timberwolves game and. Mm-hmm. They went over some one-on-one film and, uh, you know, Steven Silas was able to highlight and point out areas that he could be better and grow. And then we saw him take advantage of that the very, very next game out. So it's great to see Josh Christopher. He's receptive to learning. He's receptive to what the coaching staff is teaching him. And I think this is a really great example of this that you highlighted because I remember you texted me this the night that it happened. Uh, This was back in uh, December when they were playing against the Lakers. And you wanted to highlight this so that we could, you know, make sure we brought it up the next time we had you on for a film room podcast. And I tucked it away in the notes so that we wouldn't forget about it. But uh, with about like three minutes left to go in the third quarter against the Lakers, Jeff Hornacek pulled across Josh Christopher and basically like reminded him that they had a couple fouls to give left in that quarter. Um, And then later on, they pulled him aside again to remind him, hey, you got one more foul to give. And over the remaining few minutes of that third quarter, Josh Christopher was guarding Russell Westbrook and played some really quality defense on him down the stretch of that, you know, the final minutes of that quarter. And I think that is a prime illustration of this coaching staff trusts Josh Christopher. And they understand, as as you highlighted, he's got the tools to be a very quality NBA defender. It's just about learning those spots, learning, kind of getting getting into the groove of like some of the anticipation and some of those factors, not 
gambling quite as much on defense, but he has made some really spectacular plays on that end of the basketball. And I, I think, I don't know if I touched you to the actual stats, but I remember counting and it's coming to my mind now. He led him to only one field goal attempt, which is a miss, two turnovers, and just blew up a few possessions late into the shot clock because he was just defending Russ um, that well in the half court in transition initially as well. No, he, he's he's great. I'm like, and that's why that kind of led to my tweet from last week where I said he, besides Jalen Green, this to me, um, you know, he he's the most exciting non-Jalen Green player to watch. I know not not discounting the hype that is Alperin Shangun. You know, we all love Alp watching him play. But just the growth of Josh Christopher and seeing where he was and seeing where he is now can be you can't help but just be excited about his potential in the NBA as a player. 100 percent Absolutely. Coming up, we we're we're hyped about Josh Christopher for sure. What we're also hyped about is the fact that I'm gonna take 100 percent credit, assistant coach Jackson Gatlin, for Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green no longer being uh no longer mirroring each other's minutes. They're being staggered again in the rotation. What does that mean? What are we seeing out of those two guys? We're gonna get there after a quick message from our friends over at Prize Picks. I've been telling you about prize picks for a long time now. Have you signed up yet? If you haven't, now is the perfect time. For a limited time, prize picks have an, it has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our listeners. Listeners get $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point, but you have to use promo code MBA when you sign up. Again, promo code MBA for $50 for free off of just a single point when one of your players scores. Look, prize picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator. And they offer all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each and every game. Look, it's so easy. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times back on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected number. So go check out Prize Picks. Use promo code NBA to get $50 for free if your first Prize Picks entry scores even just a single point. That's right, $50 free. Look, Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, thank you for making Locked on Rockets your first listen each and every day. For your next listen, go check out the Locked on Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. Listen to Locked on Now on Apple, Spotify, or watch it on the new Locked on NBA YouTube channel. Wherever you get this podcast, you can get the Locked on Now podcast. Ali Khan, you ready to dive in and talk about KPJ and Jalen Green being staggered again? Thanks to uh, yours truly. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. You asked Steven Siles that question. It makes me think that they may be hiring you as a coaching consultant um, or uh, assistant coach. Who knows? We maybe have uh, Coach Jackson Gatlin here, which means I get to take over Locked On Rockets, your, da- your, your daily podcast for everything Houston Rockets basketball, native Houstonian. Um, you know, I, I can do, I can do it, I can do it, man. I can do it. So, um, you know, if you need a replacement when you become an assistant coach, I got you. Hey, man, they they have an opening, right? Gerald Green, he's a viper now, so they they've got yeah. a spot over there in player development. <laughs> I, you know, if they call me up right now, I'll hang up the microphone and pass LOR over to you, man. We'll do that. No, <laughs> all uh, right, no, let's. But, uh, no, but uh, in, in in seriousness, Jackson, I think it was a great question you asked me. It's something that was going on, right? It, it seemed to be that they were playing together for long stretches of the game. Very, very seldomly would one play without the other. And then the day you asked him that question, he went back to staggering them. Um, I, I think if you wouldn't mind, could you share again with the audience? I think it's such an important point. I think it's important to hear multiple times. What did Steven Salas tell you of why he is choosing to stagger them? 
Well, he actually, well, his answer about why he was choosing to not stagger them before the game was the fact that he was looking to see where they can be successful. And I thought that was really kind of illuminating because again, he's trying to find the areas on the floor, be it, you know, at the start of games, at the end of games, you know, in the middle where he can get those two guys to have the most success. And he followed up by basically explaining that, you know, at times, and this was his post-game response, is that at times when they're both on the floor, one of them is in like attack mode and then the other one is kind of not, right? Where where once sometimes one will get more a little bit more passive and then the other one is kind of dominating the basketball a little bit and vice versa at times. And he highlighted the fact that it's because they're both such unselfish guys that neither one of them, you know, want to be the one dominating the basketball. Now, ultimately, unfortunately, I think due to a variety of factors, maybe a little bit of seniority, maybe a little bit of uncertainty in the true hierarchy in like the pecking order of the Rockets, at least their starting five in like, who's the first option, who's the section, the second option, that kind of thing. I do think that Jalen green at times gets the shorter into the stick when it comes to him and Kevin Porter jr. On the floor at the same time together and kind of Jalen green, not wanting to step on anybody's toes. He's the rookie KPJ. He views as like his big brother, that kind of thing. So he kind of lets KPJ do his thing. So when they went back to the staggering, I thought that really opened up the opportunities for both of those guys to have those points in the game where they can both be aggressive without having to think about, Oh, am I getting the other guy involved enough? Yeah. I, 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 you know, echo everything you're saying, especially that first part where you talk about what Steven said, they're gathering lineup data. Please don't discount that. That is a very important thing, especially in a season like this, you're trying to figure out who plays well uh, together who plays well in different lineups what is going on if you're going to have this especially these four rookies as your core or Kevin Porter Jr. and kind of semi included in that as well and in terms of young core and young nucleus you have to figure out who plays well with one another I know Rockets fans are impatient you know it's it's a rebuild but and it's okay to feel the way you do I'm not teaching you how to fan it's it's please don't take that the wrong way but what I'm saying is you can't just look at a three-game sample a five-game sample, even a 10-15 game sample, and say Kevin Porter Jr. is on a point guard. You gotta you gotta give him the whole season. He just converted to being a point guard during the G League season in the bubble last year, which hasn't even been has not been a year yet since that happened, by the way. He came back, played, and now he's playing his first full season as a point guard. There's going to be growing pains. He, you know, and and, and you know, he has flashes, which to me merit him an opportunity to keep going and also i'm just gonna say it who besides kevin porter jr you can make the argument for jalen green i get it touches let's not touch let's not talk about touches today i promise jackson and i will do a locked on film room session on jalen green's touches next time but let's just focus on point guard in terms of true point guard position on the rockets roster jackson who are the true point guards on the rockets roster right now um, well, one of them has been MIA all season. So John Wall, uh, DJ Augustine, and then that's it. I mean, those are the only, those are the well, only yeah, Kevin Porter Jr. Who, who they're trying to, to make into a point guard. Right. And I, that, I didn't include KPJ in there because he is still in the, you know, he's like yes. a chrysalis right now and he's still trying to blossom and become the beautiful yes. point guard butterfly that Rockets fans believe and hope he can be. Yes. And so, so the point I'm trying to make is, you know, they don't have anything to lose. They only have things to gain by giving him the keys, allowing him to grow in this position. Let him have the season. Yes, yes, yes. You can give the ball more to Jalen Green. Let him run the offense, which he's doing sometimes when he's getting the ball in transition. 
He's getting six to eight rebounds a game, pushing the pace, getting the offense going, being the first one to get into the initial action. If it's not there, then passing it out. He's doing those things. And yes, Jackson, you're right. There are possessions where that hierarchy, you know, who's who, Jalen will stand in the corner. He'll be a spot-up shooter on the wing. And he's not really involved in that initial or secondary action that may occur. It's more so Kevin Porter Jr. That's a part of the growing pains. That's what Steven Sells wants to do. Figure out how well they can play with each other, which spots they can both be effective and go from there. And, and one last thing I want to point out that Steven Sells said after this most recent win against Sacramento. He still has a – like I, I don't want to call it a vanilla offense, but it's an offense that has not been able to go beyond what he would like. Right. And what I mean by that is something similar to if, if you guys remember from Dan Tony's time, and I talked about this with you when Dan Tony was the coach here in Houston, the offense is very much action based. Right. So you have an initial action that sets like a template for that possession. Now, the action can go anywhere because you have a decision maker like James Harden. Right. But with Salas's offense, you have an action. Right. You run pistol. You'll run delay. You'll run Chicago action. All these different actions that you may hear about. And that's not important. What's important is they're not able to get to their counters yet. They're not able to do some of those variations that Steven Siles wants to do. They're not able to layer it more and more as Steven Siles wants to do. That's why Steven Siles is known as a great X's and O's coach, because he has this in his tool shed, in, in his toolbox. But you can't go to it unless you establish the fundamentals. And this is a young team. Yes, it's been halfway through the season. It's still a young team. It takes time. Not an indictment on, on Steven Siles. Not in diamond's coaching staff. Yes, you want to win. You want to show rewards for your hard work, but it takes time. Um, and so I, I just, I just, I'm, I'm just saying this to say, you know, let's let's relax. It's a long season. You're going to continue to see improvements. I think, you know, if you're a Rockets fan, you have to be happy with the flashes of potential you've seen, but you also have to be disappointed, right, with the fact that you know there are certain things going on that you wish happened faster. And, and I think that it's okay to feel that way. It's okay to merit and ask questions about what's going on, but you also have to understand what the big picture is. The Rockets are giving Kevin Porter Jr. any and every opportunity to be that point guard for the future. And it's just going to take time for him to go into that. And, and I think the Jalen Green question about touches, Jackson, you and I can definitely do a whole show. We can do telestration and stuff like that next time and talk about kind of what has been going on for him within the offense. And there's a stat. I put it out there a few weeks ago, and I've been seeing it hit the rounds. Jalen Green averages among the he, – he's amongst the – the on the low end in terms of touches, but he, he's averaging uh, a, a very high points per touch, um, uh, and not just within the team, but within the NBA in terms of rookies as well. And, and so, so, you know, that, that does merit conversation, and we'll hopefully do that for Rockets fans uh, next episode. Absolutely. I'm going to hold you to that because I do think that's a conversation that Rockets fans would love to hear about. And I'm glad, I'm really glad you brought up the point too about the fact that we're not even a full calendar year removed from KPJ, you know, entering the bubble and, you know, playing as a point guard for the Vipers and, and starting what is now this transformation that is still ongoing. I've largely, you know, thrown out there the fact that KPJ as an NBA player is still basically, when you look at like total games played, is still just, you know, very fresh into his sophomore season. So even though this is his yeah. third NBA campaign, right, he's had so much, you know, adversity across these first few years of his career, you can't really look at it and say, oh, he's a third-year player, he should be further along than this. He's had a lot going on. Third position in three years, right, first as a, as a small forward, then a two-guard. Like It's just, it's a lot going on. So yes. I'm really glad so, that you brought that up. 
so, something I heard from an NBA coach um, once, and it was about Terrence Jones. It's like, you know, you are who you are after your third or fourth season. And I think, Jackson, the point you just made about this kind of being kind of like a sophomore season, and especially a second season or first full season technically being a point guard, you give it time. You are who you are after your third or fourth year. He's not there yet. It's still enough time for him to continue to grow and show that he can get there. This the flashes for me, um, you know, prove to me that I think you know he does a chance. He, he deserves a chance. You know, uh, um, I, I I just I just think that like I just want to say it's okay to be frustrated. You know, it's you're a fan. You want to be frustrated, but it's important to understand what the big picture is and that they're going to give any and every opportunity uh, for Kevin Porter Jr. to show that he can be a good decision maker ball handler score and a guy who can balance the offense i think one thing just real quick on this topic that i've really found um as a comparison between him and john wall there were times last year when the rockets offense would struggle and steven styles would put john wall back in the game john wall would take it on himself to be aggressive attack and score either mid-range three-point shot or oftentimes a drive to the rim there are times when the rockets offense has stalled they've missed three or four possessions in a row Kevin Porter Jr. is in the game. He takes it on himself, just runs a simple pick and roll, attacks, or does something with the ball. There are comparisons. He is growing, you know, from especially from the eye test. Stats prove it as well. He's growing. Just got to give it a little bit more time and see how he can continue to grow. Absolutely, 110% on board there. I'm glad to see that you're on the give it time with KPJ train. It's nice to have another, you know, another guy clocking into the station with us. But with that, you just you just tanked this podcast ratings, man. Come on. You you did though, you teased Telestration a moment ago, and that's what's coming up here in just a moment as we break down two of the most commonly run plays for your Houston Rockets. We're gonna get there after a quick message from our friends over at Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your New Year's resolutions because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or gritty or the consistency is a little bit off and, oh, the flavors. I don't even get me started on the flavors. So many good ones to choose from. Strawberry, cookies and cream, mint brownie, peanut butter. My personal favorite, coconut brownie chunk. You can't go wrong with a single flavor on their menu. Every single Built Bar, low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. You can check them out. Just go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your very next order of the best-tasting protein bars on the market. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, thank you for making Locked on Rockets your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, go check out Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Go make a little money with Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, free and available on all platforms. Wherever you listen to this show, you can listen to Locked on Bets. Now, we are very excited, Ali Khan and I, to unveil this new method format for doing LOR film room courtesy of YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, here we go as we dive into two commonly run plays by your Houston Rockets, Cash and Wiper. We're going to start with Cash and let's bam, pull it up right there. Oh, it looks so beautiful. I'm so proud of this. If you're listening via podcast, we're still going to be very deliberate in how we describe the actions that we're going through. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the beautiful telestration that we have uh, built via Google Docs. <laughs> so it it worked out. It's great. Ali Khan, uh, let's dive into this. Let's talk about this a little bit. Yeah. So initially what you're going to see is that one, 
Okay, the one in any in, so let's go through the positions. This is let's start let's start simple. There's five obviously offensive players on the court. One is often your guard or your main ball handler. Two and three who are in the corners are your usually your best shooters. And the four or five are guys who can either pick and pop or roll. But they're usually your bigs, the guys who are going to screen the ball, who are who who um, or or who um, sorry or are involved in the basic ball uh, ball screen action. So what the Rockets like to do in a sideline out of bounds play is they'll often and I've I've been told um, like you know there's different variations of this name. I like to call it cash just based off the signage that I see the Rockets kind of do when they're when they're signaling. It looks like they're kind of putting up the money sign. Um, yeah, just exactly how Jackson is showing it um, on YouTube. So, you know, it, th that's why I call it this way. Now, obviously, it could have a different name. But um, essentially what happens is the one, and it's the guard, will come off of screen from two bigs. He'll come, and this is without the ball. He'll come off, and he'll make a, he'll make a, he'll make a big cut. So he'll go, he'll go parallel to the baseline, and then he'll cut towards the basket. That's like an Iverson cut. That's a term that's used around the league called Iverson cut. So off that Iverson cut, usually the passer from the out-of-bounds play will, will throw the ball in there uh, to Garrison Matthews or the shooter, whoever it is, or the ball handler on the roll. And they'll catch the ball, they'll catch the ball in either for a quick catch and shoot. Um, if the defense is playing long on the closeout, then they can attack the closeout and go to the towards the rim uh, for a layup or to pass it out to somebody else. Or that's that's primarily the first um, option there. Jackson, you've obviously seen this play plenty because we've talked about this play a lot. Um, why does this play stick out to you? Then we'll go to the, the rest of the options. Well, so this is something that I, I started to notice, uh, you know, as Garrison Matthews, Gary Bird himself started to become a staple in the Rockets rotation. They've really, I think, done a beautiful job, Garrison himself and the Rockets as a team utilizing his shooting gravity to open up some of these backdoor cuts, some of these, you know, like, like you alluded to the Iverson cuts towards the basket. And specifically the reason I brought this play up to you and kind of asked you about it was I'd noticed that the Rockets utilize this play a lot when they're doing those sideline out of bounds sets and Garrison Matthews, if you'll remember, gets a lot of these opportunities where he comes off one of those cuts and gets an easy layup right at the rim because defenders are often largely oftentimes overplaying him. And he has done a really beautiful job of realizing and being aware of when the defense is overplaying him as a shooter and then getting those easy opportunities at the rim, which is something that I think really unlocks more of his game, right? Because if you're just a one-dimensional guy and all you can do is, is spot up and shoot, then you're not going to, it's going to be kind of hard for you to carve out minutes at the NBA level. But Garrison Matthews is not just somebody who can spot up and shoot, but he's a mobile shooter and he's finding those other ways to score, namely at the rim off of sets like this. Yeah. And, and another guy like that who's doing that, uh, who's in a good job of closing out, especially this season is Armani Brooks. He's improved on it a lot, especially um, for time with the Rockets last season. So let's get back to the play. So that, that first option is that Iverson cut kind of parallel, like I said, to the baseline. And you cut towards the basket on the catch. You can either shoot, drive, whatever you want to do. What happens if that's taken away? Oftentimes, you don't want a three-point shooter to have an open shot on a sideline out of bounce play. So the four and the five who are kind of set up like they're in a horns action. What, what I mean by that is their station at the corners of the free throw line, all right? They're inside the perimeter. Oftentimes in this play, this guy who is setting that final screen or that second screen for that ball handler or shooter will roll towards the rim, okay? So they'll roll towards the rim and be an option for a dump off pass. The initial screener, that first screener uh, 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 on the free throw line will pop out to the perimeter. 
And that can be somebody who can catch the ball for a pick and pop shot. If that's not there, they can get into another, they can get into another type of uh, a dribble handoff action, something that Sangoon often does when they run this play. Sangoon will be the one popping out, so he can be the secondary uh, fail-safe option uh, for the Rockets' offense in case there's a need for anything like that. Then you have your guys in the shooters. Sometimes this can turn into an action where the one, one corner and uh, one corner gets a screen or a dribble handoff from one of the bigs who set the, set the initial screen, and with an empty corner, there's no help defender to rotate over. And if that happens, if there's no help defender there, that's an easy play for whoever has the ball in their hands at that point because you're either drawing in the defense or if the defense doesn't stay, they go towards the shooters who are, all, are out in the perimeter, then you have an easy layup yourself. So there's a lot of var- variations from this. That's why I call it cash. Um, that's why I think the Rockets have that money symbol or whatever they use for that with their hands because there's so many options from it that you can do. It's not that simple initial catch and shoot. There's just different ways to kind of get into the flow of your offense, especially if you have 14 seconds left on the shot clock and it's a side on out of bounds play. It's a cash money play, baby. That's why we're talking about <laughs> it. But <laughs> Alicott, I, I appreciate you breaking this down, not just for our audience, but for me as well. Because again, this was something that I noticed, you know, multiple times throughout these, you know, recent Rockets games. And, you know, especially again with the Garrison Matthews connection there and, and to, to know that there's so many other, you know, variations on it. That's what's so impressive about, you know, really diving into the nitty gritty and breaking down some of these plays. But yeah. I think the, the next one is a little bit of a simpler design and something that Rockets yeah. fans should be intimately familiar with given that we saw it result in what wound up being easily probably the game winner of the season for this Rockets team. And that is wiper, which is just, just looking at the picture. It's a very simple play design. Yeah. So, so what is a windshield uh, wiper Jackson? What is that? It it goes back back and forth like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So wiper has a lot of different variations or definitions to it. Um, I'm going to quickly go through a simple one, but wiper is often a more, I wouldn't say complicated, but, um, a, a set that I would need a better visual to show you. <laughs> so, but, um, this, this hey, man, are you slamming my telestration software already? No, 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 I need a better more. visual. I'm just going to shut it down right now. <laughs> No, there's just more, there's more multiple steps involved. And it's basically like you, you take a screen, you go one way, then you get, then you have a rescreen again and you come back the other way. It's more like an off ball type of screening action. That's, that's usually what wiper is. But in this case, wiper is literally wiping off a defender. So if we go back to the Washington game, when Kevin Porter Jr. hit that game winner, that play was designed for either Kevin Porter Jr. or Jalen Green to have the last shot. Yes, Rockets fans. Those of you who want Jalen Green to have the ball late in the shot clock or late in clutch situations, that ball could have been Jalen Green's for the win. So let's not complain too much about Stephen Silas and drawing up plays. But uh, I, I, I'm just picking up. No, the fact that the fact that you're hammering that point home when I literally also just hammered that point home one episode ago is just great. It's just icing on the yeah. cake. Um, they, they they use Jalen Green guys. I know it doesn't seem like it. He's not getting the the same shots. We all go back to the Lakers game when he hit that nice step back over Anthony Davis. You want to see more of that, obviously, um, but no, they're using him. Uh, even if he doesn't have the ball in his hands, he is very much a weapon and decoy for them. But anyway, let's go back to this play. So Wiper, what usually happens is somebody from uh, the corner or the baseline will come up to the top of the key. And what usually happens is they won't slow down. They'll go straight through. So they'll zip through 
and they'll essentially either touch or try to make contact with that defender so a switch can happen, okay? If a switch happens, then essentially you get the preferred matchup you want, right? You're moving the defender that was initially on the ball and you're forcing him to switch onto the, the shooter or whoever is running past by the guy with the ball at the top of the key. Now, if the switch doesn't happen, you could also have an actual wipeout situation where the guy literally takes out two guys, there's miscommunication, and that's an open lane for a guy to walk inside the paint and either score for himself or kind of, you know, do whatever he wants with the ball, pass it, whatever it may be. But essentially, wiper is wiping out a defender, getting to a preferred mismatch or a preferred opportunity for yourself um, in an isolation at the top of the key. The Rockets not only use this at the end of games, wiper is often used by the Rockets at the end of the at the end of each quarter. So what they like to do, instead of having a big come out inside a screen, they'll have a small, small screen and roll. We saw a lot of this with James Harden and Chris Paul when they were here, or James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Harden would have the ball in his hands, CP or Russ would come out and set a nice screen for him, and one of them would either roll to the rim or pop out, and James would then have that preferred mismatch to take advantage. That's more of a screen and roll. That's slow, methodical, and you often rescreen. A wiper is a quick movement. It's a literally swipe through across the court. You, 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 you hopefully move the defender. You wipe them out, essentially, and then you get that preferred mismatch you want. So I hope that makes a lot more sense. And if you watch this play at the, end of, at the end of a quarter, you'll know, hey, that's what it's called. It's called Viper. A beautiful breakdown of these past two possessions. And I'm really looking forward to being a little bit more interactive with our Telestration software here uh, in these upcoming film room sessions that we're going to do, because I think we can get even more creative with it, kind yeah. of moving the pieces around. I was trying to do my best there, Ali Khan, and try to <laughs> we should, move We should try to make it a little gift. That'd be really cool. I don't know if that's yeah. possible. We can I, you know what? We can do it. We're, we're going to find a way technology be damned we will find a way to make it happen on this podcast because due to big daddy youtube we cannot share nba clips on this show unfortunately but uh we will be sharing uh ali khan is going to post both clips for cash and for wiper directly under the show tweet on twitter for this episode so if you want to see a visual of what we're talking about go find the show tweet it'll be there tomorrow when we start yelling about it on social media all that good stuff you can check it out there but ali khan this has been a fun very informative episode you know the drill where can our listeners follow you at yeah you can follow me on twitter at rockets underscore insider um, you know, you're going to be putting a lot more, I'm trying, I'm trying to do this again, Jackson. It's been a minute. It's been a slow start of the season. I'm doing game tweets, more tweets during games. So, um, just follow along. I'll have a lot more stuff coming for you soon. Always a pleasure to be able to chat hoops with you, Ali Khan. Thanks for stopping by, man. Thanks, Jackson. That's going to do it for today's episode. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. What did you learn as we broke down those two Rockets plays? Was that new information to you or were you already an X's and O's expert? Let us know in the comments on YouTube. As always, if you haven't done so, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, the brand new Odyssey app, free and available on all platforms. Also check out the new YouTube channel, search Locked on Rockets on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.